Thank you, Louisa. Some of you have met our black Labrador. He looks pretty healthy now. But when I first saw the picture of him on the computer through the ASPCA, he was skinny and he had this long drip of slobber hanging from his mouth. And in my mind, I said to my husband, what are you thinking? But I was a good wife. I didn't say it out loud, and he has good intuition, so we went to meet this dog, and we took him home. Levi is the calmest dog I have ever known. You hardly know he's around the house until you leave and come back, because this dog's anxiety manifests itself in a mad search for food. He sniffs out candy in the children's backpacks. And if the zippers open partway, goodbye snack time. He won't retrieve balls or frisbees, but he will retrieve bananas off the counter. He didn't have much luck with those, but he did have luck with the bread drawer. One feature of our kitchen that we enjoyed, past tense for five years, was the bottom of a stack of four drawers in our kitchen, which we call the bread drawer. It's really cool. I hadn't seen one before. Maybe some of you have. But you open up the drawer. It's got a little knob on the front. And there's this plexiglass slide on the top of the drawer. And so once you pull open the drawer, you can slide that plexiglass back, and then you can get to the bread inside. So it keeps it fresher. Well, sandwich bread, pita bread, tortillas, all those carbohydrates went, past tense, into the bread drawer. And Levi has always been interested in bread. He, you, you might have something sweet on the table and you're holding out a piece of bread, talking to somebody, and he'll be, you know, sniffing for the bread, not something sweet, which I would be sniffing for something sweet. But anyway, we call him Carbo Dog. But we really had no idea that he was this smart because we never really thought he was all that smart. He was just sweet. So the first time we had left part of the plastic wrapper of a loaf of sandwich bread sticking out between the plexiglass and the end of the drawer, we assumed. Because we came home, and on the kitchen floor, there's this torn-up bread wrapper but not one crumb of bread left. Okay, so you question yourself then. The next time you come home and the same things happened again, did I leave a little plastic end sticking out again? But we were trying to make sure that we didn't. And so we realized that two times when we came home and the bread was out on the floor, that this dog had figured out how to pull open the drawer slide back the plexiglass and get the bread from inside and devour it. So, and all that without opposable thumbs. So now we keep our bread in a cabinet and tasteless plastic containers go into the bread drawer. 
But we still come home every now and then, and he's testing. It's still open, but the plexiglass hadn't been slid back because he could smell that it wasn't in there. So this is the anxiety of a once-starved dog. The crowds persevered in seeking Jesus like Levi hunts wildly for food. Jesus had recently provided them bread and fish to fill their tummies, and now their tummies are growling again. We have to ask, why not seek Jesus? Why not seek the one who had provided you food before? Benjamin Sparks says that there was a name in 19th century China and perhaps in other parts of Asia for persons who came to church because they were hungry for material food. They converted to Christianity, they were baptized, they joined the church, and they remained active members as long as their physical needs were met through the generosity of the congregation. But once their prospects improved and they and their families no longer needed rice, they drifted away from the church. The missionaries then called them rice Christians. Likewise, the crowds of people who followed Jesus to Capernaum wanted something from Jesus. For one thing, they wanted to make him king, which was the reason they that he went away from them. And they they wanted to do this because they saw he could meet their physical need. But they saw that feeding miracle as an end in itself and not as the sign that it was meant to be, something that pointed them to faith in the living God and in the Son whom God had sent. Yesterday, The Roanoke Airport received a bunch of people returning from Standing Rock Sioux Reservation in the Dakotas. Ten of us were privileged to represent Calvary among about 50 in the small town of McLaughlin in South Dakota. And we have to admit we thought a lot about food. We either went to the restaurant at the hotel for breakfast or we went to the local Walmart type store called Alco and got something that we could keep in the room to eat. And then our lunches and dinners were provided at the mission site. And so we would get there, we would set up, and we would eat together as a mission team. Well, as some of the people in town learned that we were eating together as a mission team, guess who would show up at the door right around lunchtime? And of course, they ate with us. We, we made sure that there was plenty. So even though things weren't supposed to start till 1, we had some from, say, 10.30 on. Part of the activities that we did, too, we had a cooking team, um, and they prepared a meal for all of the locals who came, who wanted to eat, anyone. And we served 120 on our biggest night, we think. So we fed them food, but we fed them other things, too. We fed them school supplies, we fed them hygiene supplies, we fed them opportunities to decorate things like hats and airplanes and t-shirts, things that they could keep home and enjoy. 
But we always had to know in the back of our minds that feeding the children these things was not the primary reason we were there. We were there to feed them the love of God. So feeding them those things was not an end in itself. It was just a sign pointing to God. We weren't trying to satisfy merely their hunger for material things or even food, even though we knew that was why many of them came. But more important to the mission team was that we feed them God's love. One discovers at McLaughlin, the town where we were, that the children are starved for love. And that takes me back to that first image of our dog where he was skin and bones. Now, these kids are solid. That doesn't mean they're not hungry. Many of them are. But they're starved in other ways for love. And that is what we could provide. They're starved for attention. They're starved for a sense of identity living between two worlds. They're starved for hope and security. They're starved for God. All that other stuff that they came to the blue gym seeking, all the stuff we seek at the mall, at the store, the grocery store, it's temporal. Jesus called it the food that perishes, or in Linda's version, the food that spoils. It doesn't last. The mission team attempted to be the sign for them to feed them with God's love, which we have all experienced. We experience it here. We experience it in our homes. Yesterday in the Chicago airport, several of us sat down at a table in the food court to eat dinner, and a woman nearby um, asked if we were all family. And we said, well, as a matter of fact, we all go to the same church, so yeah, in a way, we are family. And how fortunate we are to be able to say that The folks in McLaughlin don't have that strong sense of family. So we supported each other all week. We helped each other. We encouraged and we thanked each other. We experienced love among each other. And then we're called to share it. We're called to be that sign for others guiding them, pointing them to the God who fulfills our deepest hunger. So here are some pictures for you. Danielle and Shannon hugging and carrying around preschoolers all afternoon so that their backs were hurting at night, and yet they went back and did it the next day. Gail found her niche in caring for the boys who were always looking for some sort of mischief. So... Her gift was redirecting. Evelyn, Sandra, and Cindy engaged with all those who came to their craft table, not just giving them something to do, but giving them love and support as they did it. Patty Hartzog shared God's love at the sewing machine, making pillows mostly for boys who, wanted, who came up and wanted to learn how to sew. 
and her kids, Harrison and Hannah, were with us too. Harrison showed love as he helped the kids hammer and screw together wooden treasure boxes that they could keep their own things in. And Hannah helped them as she held them in her lap and as she read books to them. And then just playing with them, showing them attention. To me, these are are the signs about which John speaks. John, John doesn't use the word miracles very often, but he uses the word signs. And you know, we think about how many signs we see day after day on the streets, billboards. Um, they're everywhere. They're pointing us towards something or they're telling us something. So what are we doing? What do people see when they look at us? What are our signs saying when people look at us? Jesus was meeting with these people that he had tried to get away from. And the people said, when they heard about this true bread from heaven, they said, sir, give us this bread always. They realized then that he was their greatest hunger, that he could fulfill the need the greatest spiritual need in their lives. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He doesn't say, I am your bread for today. Or even, I am your bread for this year. But I am the bread of life. Life here. Life eternally. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This scripture so beautifully leads us to the Lord's table. The morsels of bread on these special plates that we bring out once a month are signs pointing to Jesus as the bread of life. The small cup that we'll take that has juice inside it reminds us that Jesus sustains us as living water and that we share it with each other. We share these elements with each other is a sign to us that God fills us in and through our relationships with God and with each other. We may think we need to steal bread from the bread drawer, but Instead, a never-ending supply of what we need is given to us by God. Let's pray together. Holy One, we ask your blessing on this bread and this juice. We ask that you would, as we take it, be with us and be in us and remind us of the ways that you sustain us. Help us to not be rice Christians, O God, but to turn to you each day for your strength and to savor your love through Jesus Christ. Amen.